0: Hey, everybody, it's Brennan, and uh, Patrick and I want to announce something very, very exciting before we get into today's episode. We would like to share with you Deadhead Review's very first Horror in Hollywood short story competition.
1: Patrick here. It is theme-based, The Horror in Hollywood. Our stories set in and around the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. Your story can take place at any period of Hollywood history, from the beginning days of silent black and white movies to the modern era of big Hollywood blockbusters. Be creative, cross genre is welcome.
0: As far as the rules are concerned, we are looking for a maximum word count of 4,000 words, and we would like you to know that we are interested in standalone prose fiction stories. No TV, movie, play script treatments or novel or novella extracts will be accepted. Brennan
1: and I will be on the panel of judges alongside L. Turpitt, Rich Gerlach, Cassie Daly, SH Cooper, possibly more. The
0: contest is open starting on September 15th and it's going to run all the way to September 30th. More contact information for that can be found on the Deadhead site, which I'll give in just a minute. As far as prizes go, there's a lot of good stuff in store, including promotional packages, editing services, and you could even be a guest on this very show that you're about to listen to.
1: For more information, go to DeadheadReviews.com. deadhead space you can find us on itunes spotify stitcher and all other major platforms i'm your host patrick r mcdonough joined always by my co-host brennan lafaro say hi brennan hello everybody and today we are talking with author and founder of fright girl summer v castro hi v
2: hi how are you
1: we are pretty great uh i don't know how the weather is there but it's pretty nice in jersey right now
2: so it's decent. Um, I, I mean, summer is pretty much over. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's decent. But, you know, there's enough sun now that I've got my little drinky drink here <laughs> because it is uh, 630 p.m. in the UK, which is official, you know, happy hour time. So cheers. Cheers oh. to everyone. Cheers. Cheers
1: we're in our ours so like really anytime you want to drink is happy hour time <laughs> especially since march that that
0: shit went all out oh the window God. in march you know it, it's 1:30 that's good enough you know
1: you're
2: like well what what else are we going to do really there's yeah. <laughs> when you're stuck in your house 24 hours it it, it was rough <laughs>
1: Back to our base question that we actually get to talk about uh, last time we had you on with Sonora, which is what got you into horror? Can you take that any way you want?
2: OK, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously this is a question I get asked a lot and I, and I probably will sound like a broken record. But, um, you know, Mexican-American, we have so much folklore and urban legends and so many tales I grew up with that I feel like I've always grown up around scary stories and creepy, uh, you know, uh, characters, and uh, it's just something I've always, it's always been there, and um, it was, it escalated to, like, books and films, and then I just said, you know what, I'm gonna have a crack at it, (laughs) you know, I, I love it so much, why can't I, and also, you know, I love it so much why can't I not write horror but also incorporate the things that make me me mm. and my culture and where I come from in South Texas? Uh, and yeah, so.
1: I love that because I, that's why I started writing too. I used it as a positive outlet. I was dealing with a lot of not okay people in my life. And I was like, well, I don't want to do anything dumb. So I like writing. Let's see where it goes. And I killed them in my stories. <laughs>
2: Hey, that's all right.
1: <laughs> Brennan, let's uh, let's go to you, sir.
0: Yeah, actually, I wanted to. The last time we talked to you, you know, before you had to leave us, you were telling us about some of the stories that you had coming out in different anthologies over the summer, uh, in Graveyard Smash and also in uh, the Grindhouse anthology worst Lead yeah. Plans. Um, and I couldn't help but think of that story when you said one of the big things that got you into horror was just the the folklore. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the folklore behind your Grindhouse story. And I don't want to try the title because I feel like I'm going to botch it horribly.
2: (laughs) The Kukui of Cancun.
0: I would have botched that horribly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: the Kukui of Cancun. Um, Well, a Kukui is just a boogeyman. It's in um, really it it could every know, every culture has some sort of boogeyman. And uh, so I I just wanted to twist it, though. You know, this is the Kukui is an actual living, breathing being and uh, a being that has uh, lived through the changing earth and who uh, has a personality and desires and needs and wants and 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 also female. So I just wanted to do something unique. And uh, I had the idea. Uh, listening to uh, a Depeche Mode song, and I just wrote it.
1: <laughs> can we can we talk about that story real quick, Brennan, before uh, before you carry on?
0: Yeah, without too many spoilers, of course, because that anthology has only been out like a month. But uh, right. my immediate impression is, you know, you you telling us the little bit behind that folklore, like that seems absolutely tailor made to your writing style. But I wonder now, is your writing style tailor made to that instead?
2: Uh, you know what? I, um, I have a few things. So I have a few things coming out in 2022, Mestiza Blood, my short story collection. You're going to get a lot more of that of the mm. different urban legends and characters I've encountered growing up. Um, I think it goes back and forth. I think it swings. And then, um, uh, the next book coming out, uh, Goddess of Filth in March um, that's a goddess from, uh, Aztec mythology and, um, and again, taking those characters and, and breathing life into them. Yeah. It's something I I want people to say, Hey, wow, that's really interesting. I never knew that about the culture. I I've never heard of this, this, um, character. I've never heard of this creature and then do more research and then just kind of expand their knowledge of, of Mexican culture. And, and in that way, we can kind of be united. We can learn more about each other and have more understanding because we're just so divided right now, you know. Yeah. And I think I think horror, you know, can really bring people together. I, I love horror. And um, yeah, so uh, there is one that will be an announcement soon in the next few weeks that I can't wait for you guys to read. And that will be connected to the Kukui of Cancun.
1: Ooh. Um. wow. There's a lot to pick from what you just said. So <laughs> For my mind wanders, that short story, I'm not going to attempt to say, too, because I'm an idiot and I'll mess it up. But um, I, I've never experienced this. And Brennan, tell me if you, this was your experience reading it, too. Um, I've never experienced this before where I'm reading a fictional story. And I'm not saying, hmm, this seems like I know the author well enough to think, like, this is definitely traits of them. Not that, but physically, I pictured you, Violet. As that character, and I, I don't know why. I just like I've talked with you enough where I feel like I, I and I've heard you in an inter- interviews enough where yeah. I'm like, I could see her just like having her drinks lying around, <laughs> she's fucking a around.
2: Eater. I know she's really a man eater.
1: Violet will, and I don't. I, I mean, it's in no disrespect. Violet will do whatever the fuck she wants for pleasure, and then she'll just rip their fucking heart out.
2: Yeah, pretty much. That's to a T.
1: I really enjoyed that. Um, I did see Traits of You uh, in Hairspray and Switchblades where basically – and this might sound cliche, but basically you are a woman that doesn't take shit from people. And I wanted more from that story. I wanted it to be a big, thick book because I wanted to know so much about all those characters.
2: Well, I hope um, I hope that I can continue the story. Mm. Um, and what I'd like to build in my writing is kind of a big um, – almost a universe and so a few of my tales will be interwoven so at the moment I'm writing a story uh, called the pink agave motel which is mentioned in um uh snake hips said the sangre it's the last um story and that's going to be connecting a, a few of my short stories and that's going to be a book I don't know how big it's going to be mm. um but yeah, that's going to really bring all of those women together. Um, Kind of like what you've seen in Hairspray and Switchblades, where you do get a group of women together from different walks of life um, and, uh, you know, to defeat uh, a common villain.
1: Do you guys mind if we talk about Rewind and Die series real quick? Just uh, because Brennan is way more updated on that than I am. I'm only... Four books in. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, that was me making noise. Um, I'm only four books in. Yours was the first. I read Jessica Guess's second. Uh, after that, I'm finishing up Zach Ashford's Soul Survivor. Oh, I read one story from the first one, the uh Midnight Exhibition. Yes, um, yes. I read Phil Farkas's story because we had him on and that was such a weird story in a good way. And, uh, I'm reading also next fright food by Nico Bell. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just, right. Food fright. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I just find it's so much fun. Like Eddie generous is doing a really awesome job and
2: mm. Eddie's really cool. And he did all the covers and, um, you know, for the first, he did the cover for said, the sangre and he did the cover of uh, the, um, logo for fright girl summer, the first one, mm. um, so, uh, Fright Girl Summer is going to have a few treats coming up soon, so you will you guys will have to keep an eye out for that.
1: Yep.
0: All right, so I want to, um, touch on a couple things you touched on before we go to Fright Girl Summer, which I definitely want to hit. Now, you, you had said when you were talking about your Grindhouse story, um, that there's just so much opportunity for, um... Folklore and uh, to an extent cryptids from around the world to kind of shine in different stories And I think that's Mm -hmm. so tied to the conversation we had last time Where we said there's so many different voices that come from different experiences, different places Mm -hmm. And have very interesting and unique things to say because of that I think there are so many opportunities to hear about different monsters and different folktales from around the world I mean, you can put a cool spin on vampires or on werewolves or on Bigfoot, but at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with it because we've seen all those monsters. We've heard of it all before, but there's so much out there to be explored. And even if um, an author is just kind of – presenting their experience with what they grew up with with those folktales it's new to so much of the audience it's new it's interesting yeah and it inspires them to do a little bit of a deeper dive like i want to know more about this i'm gonna try this tell me if i screw it up kukuya kukui kukui, kukui. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right, I tried my best, but uh. <laughs> all right. Um. So, <laughs> I do want to talk about uh, Fright Girl Summer, though, because last time we had you on here, it was just starting to kick off. You guys were really building up the content. Um, what was in your experience? What was the reception like?
2: People have loved it. People have wanted to talk about. It. I mean, we have over, over 20 stories on there, and there's just so much short fiction. And it's amazing how much talent we have um, out there in the horror community. So I think it's been a really great outlet for women that have these stories. I mean, subbing, I mean, you know, subbing can just take forever and you get all the rejection and there could be a story you really love. You really want people to read. And and that's what we're here for. Like, OK, we've. Hey, send it to us, you know, Um And let's get it out into the world, because even if um, you're not published, you know, it's good to get your name out there. You meet a lot of cool people. Um, And that's what I like about Fright Girl Summer is it's it's really bringing uh, people together in the horror community. And again, we need that. Um, And uh, and it's just good fun. You know, we just want to, uh, you know, let horror shine. It's, it's a fun place, it's a safe place, and uh, that's what it's focused on.
1: Mm. Yeah, right. absolutely. That's a. I like how you said it's a safe place, which I have never understand the thought process of people that kind of poo-poo horror, where mm. we all have the same thoughts, whether people want to talk about it or not. And I won't go on a tangent, but I've always found it funny that people that act like they're better than you for... Insert whatever reason—religious or political or class or whatever—where they just uh, act like we're not all humans and have the same dark thoughts. We all do. I mean, think about when you're born. Yeah, it's beautiful. I loved. I cried when my son was born, but it's kind of uh, it's a little scary, at least in the baby's perspective, <laughs> I would think. <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's really awesome that you pointing that out because I never thought of it like that. It is a safe place, and I like how most of people, the people in the horror community, are right there with that sentiment.
2: And that, yeah, and and you know we we just want to be cool with everybody and um, give people a chance because it's it's easy in publishing to get discouraged. It's a not it's a long road. It's not like you know flash in the pan. So. You've mm. got to really persevere and, and it helps to have that community when you're feeling down, when you are um yeah, that when you when you stumble or you come across obstacles to know that there are people out there that have been there that can that can give you advice or just say, Hey man, I've been there, I know. And uh and that that really helps a lot. And I think it's helped a lot in during the pandemic because you know, there, there's a lot of isolation going mm. on. You know, there was a lot, and um, and for those people who are still kind of having to shelter, or I mean, I don't think it's 100% safe. Mm. <laughs> so you know, people are still staying away, staying indoors, and um, and that's all right. So hopefully, we can provide some entertainment and and be there.
1: Well said.
2: And it's free. So, you know, I know a lot of people are hurting financially as well. So this is free.
1: The first one that I read, uh, Brennan and I actually read at the same time, was Cassie Daly's Ready or Not. And Mm -hmm. uh, wow, she's I the person that I would relate her to. I feel like best in tone would be Laurel Hightower, Um, not on subject matter, but on tone, because those two can. They do something to you where you're just full of dread. And it's all, like us horror fans like that. And yeah, I think that she's someone that deserves a, a lot of praise, too. And she's starting to get it, I, I noticed. And um, it's cool how you and Sonora are kind of uh, you were the ones that published your first story. You're all
0: yeah, really
1: good I, at what absolutely. you do.
2: You know, and it, it was a really good and, and that's exactly you know, why we we have it is to give people the confidence, you know, cause you're kind of unsure. And mm. I remember the first story I, I sent out and I got the rejection. I was just devastated. I was so scared and had so much anxiety and I, I didn't know who to talk to. Um, but to know, you can go somewhere where, you know, the people, you know, you know, if there's something wrong with it, it'll be handled with care. You know, people, will will guide you and, and and that's why we're here so I'm glad we could do that
1: it took me like six years to get published which I'm sure like I'm not bitching about it. I'm just I didn't really I didn't feel like I knew my voice until I met one particular friend and then another friend and then it just it's a domino effect so I definitely yeah. echo
2: the building of confidence helps
1: Mhm.
2: You, you really and also um, I think a good healthy dose of, uh, I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Honestly, you really have to have a healthy dose of, I don't give a fuck. And you need to just write what you want to write. Don't emulate any style. Don't, um, you know, I tweeted this the other day and, and, you know, I grew up on Stephen King and I, 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 I've watched all the films and read almost all the books, um, But, you know, he had everybody quotes that, you know, kill your darlings. Uh, But and I I tweeted this. I don't kill my darlings because there aren't enough women of color in adult fiction, in horror for Mm. to be killed off. Like, Mm. I'm not going to be that person. And I don't want my my women to 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 die like that. I want them to live and to survive and and kill others.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good. uh... Don't so, know I, I can guess, kill
2: my darlings. They my darlings do the killing.
1: Well, I mean, I love Stephen King, but he's an old white guy, so I don't know. <laughs> Take it for what it is. Just to kind of echo something you said about writing what you wanna write, uh, I gotta I think of this quote a lot. I love history, particularly the Industrial Revolution, and one of the biggest people that changed the world was Henry Ford, and he had a great quote. He said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. So, I mean, if, if, if I knew – if I stuck to what I thought I wanted to do or what people wanted, again, I love King, but I would still be writing like Stephen King because that's how I started with my fiction. And who wants to read a, a – another Stephen King. He, there's already one and he's everywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've got to find your footing, find your voice, find the stories that, um, that feel good to you.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would definitely echo your adding the ingredient of I don't give a fuck. I mean, that's actually a pretty good ingredient for most everything. <laughs> um, you know, I found I I'm, I'm newer to this. I probably, tried my hand at fiction for the first time about a year ago. So I'm still, you know, plugging along, trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. Um, But one of the first stories that I wrote specifically to submit somewhere, I sent out to a few people to look at and I I got great feedback from all of them. But the problem I had was that I tried to incorporate all of it. I, I, rather than trusting my own ability to put something halfway decent together I said, well, this person, you know, has a published book. They must know what they're doing. And yeah. this person, you know, is a qualified editor. They must know what they're doing. And I submitted it. It got rejected. And I remember I went back and looked at it a few months ago. I said, this fucking thing reads like Frankenstein's monster. There's no consistent tone to it at all. Um, and, and I would that's my long-winded way of saying, you know, even if you're kind of new at this, like, tell the story you want to tell, you know, definitely... Yeah look for help if you, if you, if you want it, if you think you might need it, but don't, um, don't kill your darlings. Allow the darlings to do the killing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I, I agree with like, so, you know, everybody's like, oh, and I've, I've had beta readers, but again, like you said, I, I take it with just like, okay, does it make sense? Is there any kind of mainly I want, are there any, what I look for are consistent notes like are people picking out one thing but if Mm -hmm. I get feedback and they're all different I'm like well I'm gonna stick with what I wrote but if there's if you keep getting the same thing then you know that there's something wrong I feel but yeah you have to just kind of go with with that story what's in your mind your vision and um and I think that's that helps with uh your well your confidence for one and and success because it's it's authentic
0: yeah. Um, going further with Fright Girl Summer. Now, you guys recently announced that, you know, summer is pretty much over, like we mentioned at the very beginning. It's officially September, but you guys are going to keep it going. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, <clears throat> I don't want to tell too much, but because we're going to have a few treats next week. Uh new logo, uh, new new stuff, uh, more authors. Um <clears throat> And I'm going to actually continue with the Halloween and summer readings. So, you know, I know a lot of people have enjoyed that. Um, so I'm going to do a uh, a Halloween special, but this time I'm going to have men and women, so it'll oh. be mixed. Uh, and then I'll do a Dia de los Muertos, which we all Latinx. Oh, nice. So
1: That's yeah,
2: awesome. so if I can if I can in time, because it's already like September 5th get a few people to do a last minute one on September, the end of September, I'll do one then. But yeah, people seem to really love these readings um, and it brings people joy. And I feel we need some of that.
1: Definitely. Absolutely.
2: Everybody's loving the the costumes and I just, yeah, I want people to come together and be united.
1: I love it. I love hearing from people all over. I mean, you're, you're in London right now, and mm-hmm. it, you got stories from there. You got stories from your your heritage, uh, Mexican heritage, and uh, I'm sure you have Texas stories as well, which is neat because I've never been to any of those places. So <laughs> I get to I get to hear from people directly. I don't have to rely on you know movies or uh, television show or like filtered media from like I don't listen to the news much because I just don't, I don't trust any of them. <laughs> so
2: it's
1: so depressing. Yeah, that um, too, yes. <laughs> yeah, that too. I um a guy that I worked with, he travels around the world to work on industrial furnaces and I said, "Well, what do you cuz he's been in South America, parts of Europe and so forth." I'm like, "Well, what do you do on your days off?" He goes, "I just go to work and I kind of act like I live there and talk to the locals and you kind of get to know the places." Mm. I love that answer and that's how I feel when I talk to, insert anyone, in. there's so many people. Australia, me and Brendan have talked to quite a few Australians, which I've always wanted to go there, and I kind of have ideas about the place now, but it, it's I love the time we're in right now. There's a lot of bad, but there's also a lot of good. And yeah. to bring it back to your reading, you get, whether you realize or not, you get to experience that and like you said earlier, it makes us closer and hopefully yeah. hopefully uh, understanding. yep you've you filled in the lines <laughs> Sorry. Brennan, no, not at all. um Brennan, do you want to talk about the uh, excuse me if I for i am uh, repeating something you said, but the women that we've read this summer?
0: No, let's get to that in a minute. I want to add one more point to what uh, what you were kind of just talking about, and what we've really been talking about for the last like 20 minutes. Um, I grew up in a town probably about a half an hour from where I'm sitting right now, and it was a very white town, very little diversity. And it just so happens that I teach in a different town. I teach and live in a different town now that's very very similar in makeup and I really feel like since discovering the horror community like a year or so ago my world view has just I've, I feel like I've learned more about the world in the last year uh, oh, than in the 33 years before that combined um, and it's it's but it's amazing at just how shut off how how unfortunately easy it is to be shut off from it, you really have to make that effort and you could be not making that effort and not even realize it. Um, which is another reason why, you know, everything that Fright Girl Summer to me, I find so important. You and oh, okay. Sonora are real. Uh, absolutely. You and Sonora, like kind of had yourselves established as pillars of the community before, yeah. but now you've kind of put this up on your shoulders, you know, acting as its ter- uh, caretakers and, really established yourselves as those people that, uh, marginalized voices, uh, can come to, and they're going to be amplified by you. Yeah. absolutely. Um, to the biggest degree that you can pull it off. And I, I just think that's respectable as hell.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Cause we've just at, we will add one little thing. I will tell you, we're adding a non-binary, um, kind of to, to include non-binary authors oh, nice. um, because it's, because it's it is tough if you're non-binary. It's mm-hmm. um, you know so it's kind of we w- we want to be welcoming to to marginalized genders where you know you they won't have suffer abuse or uh, and it's just a welcoming place a platform to say hey you know if we have um a writer who's not sure about a story that explores um, their identity like hey you know we're not going to tell you. No, you can't do this, this or this or this or this. Um, no, we're welcoming and we want to um you know, be those open arms.
1: That, and I think that's great. we can
2: learn from each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Um to add to one of Brendan's points is um simply for the facts that he pointed out, like he I, I moved out of my town that was similar to his from Massachusetts to South Jersey. Um I can't tell you what who lives here because i don't i kind of keep to myself (laughs) um but i did notice over the last year i've been um it's been brought to my attention just how prevalent masculine toxic masculinity is um i didn't realize how bad it was and i never was able to articulate it from my childhood either, because like there'd be guys that would joke around. And like, I I remember I was a five or six playing a James Bond game and they're making jokes about bondage and calling you all sorts of homophobic slurs and just profanity. And I I didn't like it when I was a little boy. I didn't like it in high school. I didn't like it in college. I don't like it now. Um, I never was able to pinpoint until guys like, Alan Baxter or women such as yourself or Sonora or whoever else were like, this is what it is and this is how bad it is. So it it helped me. I think that it's helped me become a better person and it's going to make me a better father and a better husband. So you have, uh, I have you to thank for that amongst other people.
2: Oh gosh. Thank you. I I take no credit, honestly, because for those kind of concepts to sink in, uh, you've got to be open to it. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that men are always taught. Like, don't cry. Don't be a baby. Yeah.
1: Don't be yeah.
2: a, don't be a sissy. Don't be a, you know, don't be a pussy, which is like the one thing they're always told. Um, but that's not right. You know? Mm. And, and if you're constantly being told that, it, that in itself is abuse. And, um, you know, so it's, it's good to know that you can recognize that and say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And you don't have to settle with that way of thinking. And right. there are like minded people out there, other men that are like, yeah, that's that's shit. I don't I don't think like that. Yeah. And you're none of those things. If you cry, if you open yourself up to your emotions and make yourself vulnerable, because mm. we're all humans, we all all have vulnerabilities. And and um, it's it's great that, you know, men can can just say hey, I don't find that acceptable, and not be rebuked for it by other men.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brennan, are you okay with moving on to that list, or is there anything else that you want?
0: Yeah, no, I'll throw one more thing in there. I was going to say it's a lot easier to say that you're not you know, comfortable with, uh, with, with, with that whole societal expectation of, of toxic masculinity if you just add a little bit of I don't give a fuck.
1: i told you that was applicable everywhere
2: hey hey mary Poppins said a spoonful of sugar violet Castro says uh a skull goblet full of i don't give a fuck
0: on
1: ice (laughs) on ice
0: that's brilliant Uh, i'm sorry pat i'm gonna add one more thing and then I'll, i'll i'll move us on but um you you mentioned that you um you were making sure that uh, non-binary was going to be included, yeah. you know, on the website and in the whole program. And uh, the other thing I think you guys have done a great job is, is not of is not saying here are the subsections that we're catering to. It's very much rolled out as um, we are open, we are welcoming, and if you don't feel included, don't – run the other way please reach out to us and yeah. let, you're willing to listen you know absolutely. we're not closed off we're not finished we're willing to listen yeah.
2: yeah absolutely and the sections we have like in the reading list you know we've broken them up like indie writers women of color um poetry we we've, we've done a lot of that one so it's easy to find but also yeah it, then you can kind of scroll like oh i see this and this it's just because if you had one long list just in general it's kind of like oh so we wanted to make it easier but if there is another section we need to add it it it's cost nothing and yeah exactly we want to include everyone so um and we're we're open-minded so
1: yeah it, it's something else to add that i think it should be recognized is you and Sonora, and I'm not going to go into details. It doesn't have to be rehashed, but I think it should be pointed out. You guys spoke out during a really bad situation a couple months ago. You spoke out against it. I think you guys were pretty quick on that. I'm pretty sure you guys were pretty quick on that. And I just got to say, like, you guys have done the right thing before Fright Girl Summer, and I think it's commendable. So, um, for anyone that is newer, uh, before we go into the list, just because this is um, kind of on the same line as what we're talking about finally for anyone that is a younger latinx what you know what men could apply to this too because i had a i wasn't one of the guys that was like all for the shit that i don't like but i joined in and said dumb things at times because i was a dumb i'm still a dumb guy but i'm i've listened and i've been open so for guys that have been in my situation that will listen or for other latinx for other women For non-binary, any other underrepresented folks that, be it younger or just uh, are older and just are not sure who to go to that might be listening, where do they start in case none of the stuff we just talked about for the last 30 minutes really gave them a foot into where to go to?
2: Uh, as far as their writing? Or as
1: far as reaching out, I know that they can reach out to you or Sonora through Fright Girl Summer. Yeah. Um More specifically, for someone that's newer to the writing scene, how do they – what's your advice to getting started? Um,
2: I think it depends on, uh, you know, what's your – I think the HWA, the Horror Writers, Horror Writers Association mm-hmm. – uh is um doing a great job so they uh they offer scholarships mm-hmm. um uh the HWA website is really great so if you are a member there are different tiers uh so you can anybody can join without publishing or and you can get on the newsletter they have quick bites where you can submit news they have um, an anthology, if you're a member, that they're doing now about otherness, which I plan on submitting to. And um, just recently, the Horror Writers Association is offering a diversity grant. Oh. So, for librarians, writers, anyone who wants a career in the horror genre can apply for a $500 uh, grant. And I'm, I'm on the um, committee to look at the applications. So, I think the Horror Writers Association is doing a good job, even if you go at the lowest tier and work your way up, because you do need to sell stories and have um, uh, a certain level of sales. But, you know, again, anybody can join just to join uh, if you're a horror lover. Uh, So I think the Horror Writers Association is a great start. And um, yeah
1: that's yeah i would agree i've seen a lot of good from that organization brennan uh go ahead man i've talked long enough
0: yeah it's okay you're gonna go back and edit out all those one more things and let me just ads right (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah absolutely um so violet we we wanted to ask what are some of your you know over the summer over the last few months what are some of your favorite uh fight girl reads
2: Oh God, you guys are putting me on the spot. Okay. So
0: few things. yes, we are. I,
2: the, basically I've read mostly the stories from that are on the website, but, um, a few things I in lockdown somewhere in this house, in this mess of a house with all my kids, I've lost my Kindle. Oh
1: no!
2: <laughs> I've gone nowhere and my Kindle is missing. <laughs> so I had a ton of books on there. Um, But I've been so busy with writing that I just have not had a chance. Also with my children around. (laughs) I've had to choose between writing or reading. And I've I've done the writing. And also I've had edits uh, for books that are coming out, edits for short stories. Um, So my reading is so awful right now. So I have only read Fright Girl Summer stuff. Uh, I also read Seeing Things by Sonora because Mm. I blurbed it. And that was really good um but i'm so behind i just have not uh, yeah this the whole lockdown really threw me off you think oh i'm not going anywhere i'm going to have all this time i had no time <laughs>
1: i've i've heard that from uh, other writers and it makes sense i write right. too but i mean i'm not at the same level as you yet so i'm sure when that comes it's gonna be a lot of focus on one book that you're doing that makes sense though um Brennan, how about you run down your list? Let's put what oh you my spot. God. I no, I am very
0: proud of this actually. I, I have a list. I don't I'm not even gonna run through the whole thing because I was looking at all the like um the the books I've read by female authors in the last couple months and it's it's really long. It's it's <laughs> you know, God. we've talked about this on the show before, but it's just so damn easy in this genre because they're all winners, you know? Um I probably the last one I read was uh Blood Lake Monster from Renee Miller in the Rewinder Die series and it was it was freaking awesome. You know, all the all the female authors in that series have been just so consistent like we were talking about before. Um I think I was reading Let's Play White by Cheshire Burke the last time yeah, we talked. Yeah, I yeah. love I was only one story into that, but I loved that collection. It's just it's so resonant. I can't think of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read All That's Fair by S.H. Cooper was just absolutely great. Got to throw out Crossroads by uh, Laurel Um, oh Graveyard. Nah, no worries.
2: Uh, what happened?
0: Your Sorry. video is gone. No, no, yeah, oh, you're no back.
2: <laughs> so um, because I'm getting notifications, so I can't see. So I'm trying to, like, push them away. <laughs> and then I accidentally did something.
0: <laughs> no, that's OK. Uh, so I'll throw out All That's Fair by S. H. Cooper was awesome. Graveyard Smash was really cool. Crossroads by Laurel I've thrown out more than once or twice. And I did get to dive into White Is for Witching as well, which that was that was very interesting. It was it, it was written in a kind of transgressive style that I don't think I really I didn't expect going in there. It was something more akin to, you know I can't even really compare it to anything but it was cool because it was so incredibly different than anything that i read this summer and probably anything i would have picked up if i didn't grab that off of the list you guys put together Mm. that's That's great
2: sonora did an amazing job and and you'll see she has a new list and she did an amazing job as well so Mm. i can't wait for you guys to see everything Oh, i'm working no. on a little some I, I might add a story on there or a poem but it's not very horror so i might have to horror it up <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> yeah i can't I might have to, have to it up. <laughs> 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 i um definitely can't wait for that list mine's not that long um i'm just not a fast reader that's what i attribute it to but i feel like i read a good amount uh red laurel High Towers, crossroads she's so fucking good sh yeah. cooper is all that's fair that was my first time reading her book wow um i count this because it's part of, i did read this in the summer your hair hairspray and switchblades that was that was really fun just like all the rewind and dine uh die series uh it's super fun just like jessica guess's story sir berserk and then two short stories, Cassie Daly's Ready or Not on Yours. We also actually mean Brian, both Beta read her story for We Are Wolves. Um, a powerful story again. It just kind of made me feel sad. And then uh, L Turpet, who edits for S.H. Cooper. Um, I've Beta read a couple of her stories this summer, and she's – She's a name that I think you'd be interested down the line, or at any point, because she's very good, too. Welsh-based, um, South Wales, and that's a perspective okay. where I'm I'm always learning new things from her, because I don't know any other people from Wales besides... Um, oh, damn. Help me out here, guys. The silence. Are Tim. you thinking of Tim Levin? Yeah, Tim Levin. Yeah, I, forgot, I was just about to say, yeah. forgot his last name. And it's a shame, because like I, I want to know more about that. Um, and... There's others. Uh, Nico Bells, like I said, that's on my list soon. She's a uh
2: total sweetheart. Love her.
1: She's very nice. And then not to, not to kiss up to you or anything, but I am very excited for what you got coming out. And I just, I asked last time, but the Candyman, Latinx version of that, like, I want oh, that right, yeah. um, right now.
2: The, so the Queen of the Cicadas.
1: Yes. Um, we'll Such be, a cool name.
2: Uh, thank you. Lorena de las Chicharas. That will be out um, June uh, next year with Flame Tree Press. But before Mm. that, in March, you have Goddess of Filth, uh, which is with Creature Publishing. And both of those feature goddesses from the Mexican, the Aztec Pantheon.
1: Okay. Um, Now, two
2: goddesses that are very different. So uh, the Queen of the Cicadas is very dark. I mean, it's very dark. And um, Goddess of Filth is almost like a coming of age. Uh, it's, act- it's like Latinx the craft meets the exorcist meets um, uh, uh, my best friend's exorcist. But exorcism
1: mm-hmm.
2: by Grady Hedrick. So but Latinas.
1: <laughs> so are you a fan of the original Candyman?
2: Yes, I love it.
1: What about the one that's coming out? The trailer. I uh, can't
2: wait. I cannot wait.
1: But yeah, Mia Costa is an, a name that's newer to me, and yeah. I saw the I can't trailer. Wait for it. Yeah, yeah. And Tony, Tony Todd's came in again, which is how it should be with these slashers if they're still alive. <laughs> like, why was Robert England, for example, not Freddy Krueger again or I Doug? I can't wait. Yeah, it, it looks amazing, and um, I can't wait to see what you do with it. And you, you saying something's dark, like dark, dark, dark. Yeah. I want to know what that's like. <laughs> it's
2: it, it is, and um, I recently submitted a story that's even, it's probably the darkest thing I've ever written because it's um kind of a modern take on La Llorona, uh, but also mixes um postnatal depression. Mm-hmm that comes out it's uh yeah
1: i never saw them la-, la la no i can't say la la noia
2: yeah. um, uh yeah the original oh so so a new one came out right that's set in guatemala that everybody's raving about i have to see it mm. and then the guy who did um all of the you know um annabelle and yeah that whole universe oh The Condren. Yeah, The Conjuring universe, which I yeah. like the Conjuring a lot, but yeah, me too. they totally butchered la, their la, version of La Llorona. It was awful, mm. it was really uh, appropriated trash.
0: The Guatemalan one, I think that's exclusive to Shudder. Is that is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can't
0: wait to see it. Yeah, I've heard good things as well.
2: I just need, I, I'm like looking for the perfect time where I can settle in no one's going to bother me and i can just ah i can just like <laughs> relax it in. in it yes uh,
0: if you're anything like uh, me i probably get about started. i probably get about 2 minutes a month where nobody's bothering me and i could watch a movie <laughs> but
2: <laughs> honest i have to wait until the kids are in bed uh, my husband's watching football and then i'm left alone
1: <laughs> you yeah, okay do you
0: mean uh, soccer, soccer or football?
2: Soccer. Okay, soccer.
0: that's what I was gonna ask. Soccer.
1: <laughs> <The> <laughs>
2: soccer season is starting soon, so I'm like, yes.
1: <laughs> so Brennan, actually, I convinced him to watch a movie, and it was Host. And I said, "You're not. You're gonna wanna see this," and he loved it.
2: Oh my god, <gasps> I was freaking out. So Spoiler alert. So <laughs> on Instagram, so I'm really active on in my Instagram stories. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, I loved it. It's Everything so good.
1: About it. Yeah, it's um, so.
2: It's really short though. Yeah,
1: Ooh. yeah. Um. I, like, Shit. <laughs> I um we. I so, loved it. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but we talked with one of the one of the three screenwriters and two of the actresses, Haley and Emma. And I I told this to them after. I told Brennan. I was like, never happened before, but I was so nervous. Like I felt like a little kid just talking to a someone that they they're like in awe with and yeah. they're just so fucking sweet.
2: It was amazing that sh- that movie. I, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it.
1: After. Yeah. I watched it. I had a rare moment where I had the house to myself. I watched yeah. it and I remember I had my son cause he was with my mother-in-law while I was watching it. And later that night she dropped him off. My wife was at work. I, <laughs> I brought my with a little boy. He's only like nine months, and in my head, I'm like, Aww. in my head, I'm like, be brave, be brave for your son. <laughs> that 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 monster's not real. The demon's not real. And I, I shut I shut all the doors, and I wasn't for the rooms I was not going into. It it
2: really freaked me out. It was like, wow, I and I have not been scared in, in a long time.
1: Yeah. And Brennan brought it up, so I think. So that was nice. Brennan, I believe, was the one that brought up um, Blair Witch Project. I don't think I brought this up, but I wanted to mention uh, how it reminded me of Paranormal Activity in the sense where yeah. for the, it, the first one. I haven't seen the other. The others. first
2: one. Yeah, the first one was the best one.
1: I just remember uh, one scene where well, two of them where the wife, I think it was, was staring at the husband for hours. Mm-hmm. The other one that got me was the flower on the floor with the footsteps um so i've raved enough about that i had a question believe yeah. it or not uh for latinx filmmakers do you happen to have a favorite or favorites or maybe a film that does it right and doesn't appropriate uh, latinx people
2: so there's a film out of mexico um called here comes the devil and it's an older film uh it's really I mean, the opening is like, okay, this is okay. <laughs> I mean, it it just kind of right from the beginning. Um, obviously the graphics aren't like crazy. It 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 you get that like kind of throwback 1970s 80s horror, um, but it's really good. Is it Here the comes the in
1: 2012.
2: Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look. Let me turn on my computer.
1: I've seen um, one. That's 2012, directed by Adrian Garcia, uh, It sounds like a Mexican name, Adrian Garcia Bogl- Bogliano.
2: I I think it's it might be 2012.
1: Caves obviously. in Tijuana, Mexico. That sounds like Yes, a story. yes, 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 yes. Okay.
2: That's it. That All one right. is crazy. Um, and uh, for Ginger Nuts of Horror, I also uh, I reviewed for there was a um a Mexican film festival and it's called feral
1: Ooh, and, what's that? Is that So obviously it's in Mexico but
2: Uh yes and it it takes place in the um uh the mountains of uh, Oaxaca. Okay. And um it's incredible. And I interviewed the the writer and director and uh, hmm. it was fantastic. I'll just tell you um it was really great and it's beautiful like the it's incredibly atmospheric 2018
1: can you tell me the title one more time please barrel oh okay
2: and it's like 6.8 out of 10 andres kaiser is the director it's fantastic it's really creepy it's creepy. Be more than anything, it's creepy.
1: Is it okay? So I see a poster where there's a bite mark and an infection.
2: No, 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 that's not it. It's 2018. Okay. And uh, you have like a priest kneeling, and then like a, a wolf behind him.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, Andrea Kaiser, Kaiser. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: That is very cool. It's really cool.
1: I um so yeah, me and Brendan were talking about this with a guest. I've talked about this with a Shanghai-based filmmaker too about how foreign films are amazing, and I'm just for the last few years have started to really love them. And I just find it mind-boggling when people are just like, I don't like reading while I watch a film. But like, what do you want? Well, you want dubs? Because these are these are great films. Uh, yeah, for a non-horror one, my favorite non horror one would have to be um kung fu hustle. It's just <laughs> super silly, but um, yeah, I think my favorite foreign horror, well, I don't even know if it's horror would be uh, parasite like that, that Oh that
2: God I watched that and i what'd you I think I loved it I, I i i everybody was raving about it, raving and yeah. when it ended. I was like, that's what they were talking about. <laughs> Holy shit. I, my mind was blown with Parasite.
1: I thought it was a horror. The film, the poster looked like a horror. I just assumed.
2: No, it was just, um, it was just a really good movie.
1: Yeah, and the title after, not to run it for anyone that might like watch
2: suspense, it. Like suspense, I don't know, if drama, suspense.
1: Yeah, that sounds drama. about right. But uh, when, yeah. when. I, I watched, I listened to the, t- I mean, the title was like, that's what it meant. Holy shit. Cause the, that I'll just say this, the party scene.
2: <laughs> I think um, that film deserves all of the accolades. It was just, I, I couldn't stop. And I, I really actually enjoyed the invisible man. Mm.
1: Oh, I've but heard I, good things. I haven't seen that. Mm.
2: Uh, I think the way it portrayed a uh abuse was mm-hmm. quite accurate um but speaking of foreign films or foreign shows i'm re- i'm watching the rain now
1: i've heard about that that's yeah. where the rain of, uh, infects people
2: yeah it's out of den denmark maybe
1: okay you know
2: um, and it was good
1: the my feet i so um i'm gonna butcher his name i'm just gonna google it real quick so i am fuck it up. One of my favorite filmmakers is the guy that did Parasite. Um and he did another film called Okja. Have you
2: Oh my god. Have I you seen I've that? seen it more than once and every time it makes me cry.
1: I'm not going to ruin that either, but I um, totally
2: loved it. It's the, Okja is really good. It's so sweet.
1: And you like know um, mean? Yeah, so uh that's it a lot for me cuz I got a as you know, uh, I got a little pig 3 years oh old. Oh
2: my god. But your pig is so cute. I've thank actually you. recently tried to stop stopped eating. Well, try to eat significantly less meat um, just because uh, of the way the um, meat processing plants are run. And and just I think the food industry in general. Uh, but, yeah, your pig is so cute.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what it did for me, too. I mean, I stopped eating and I, just to be clear, I, I'm friends with Pete. I don't give a shit who eats meat. I just don't don't eat my pig. That's what I tell <laughs> people. <laughs> um, but just to talk about one scene with Oaksha, won't ruin it, but there's one scene where um, the little girl's walking out of the slaughterhouse and the baby pig. That, that uh, was
2: man. just, it was like, <sighs> ugh.
1: I want to write a story that focuses on how disgusting I think, and I think a lot of us view slaughterhouses because, like, it's so crazy to me. I ate meat for the first twenty—I don't know, twenty-nine years of my life, whatever it was—and it's crazy to me to think like we don't think about it, but like we're there's like huge amounts of. What was it a hundred thousand cows are killed like every process, like every day? I think it was some crazy number. But there's um, actually a lot of work being done in Israel, for one, where they are um, trying to manufacture 3D printers that make steak that has the same components to taste uh, and have the same texture as, as a, yeah. a steak or other meats. And um, I think that that gave me hope. And I'm not just I'm not hoping like everyone stops eating meat. I, I don't care about that. But I do hope that we get to a place where we treat because it's also going to help the environment. Um I just kind of hope we get there eventually one day, maybe in our lifetime.
2: No, I actually um, have made a a huge effort to eat less meat. And when I do, I try to get meat that is uh, responsibly sourced Hmm. and and try to um, and same with cheese uh, from small producers, small Hmm. farmers that I know that the welfare of the animals are are over a profit but um so to bring actually this subject around to stories and horror uh i don't know if i you guys probably saw it on twitter i'm co-editing latinx screams yes yeah um with cena and it's coming out of burial day there's a story in there uh from hector costa uh who you should actually get his book it's quite small um and, uh, he's, he's fantastic. And he writes a, a story about a, uh, meat processing plant, um, because a lot of, uh, immigrants are employed by these places and they're treated awful, mm. just terrible. So, um,
1: what's his last name? Costa,
2: Acosta. So I'm just gonna Hector Acosta, uh, I'm just going to give you his, um, because I have drank a full glass of wine. My brain is a bit hard way. <laughs> you need to get his book hard way.
1: Hard way. Yeah. I mean that.
2: Acosta, A-C-O-S-T-A. So I have it. I need to read it. Um, and it's, it's a, um, it's, it's a novella. It's a very quick read. Okay. So definitely get hard way. Um, but he, his story is great. So I can't wait for Latinx Screams to come out. And you guys can check it out this winter.
1: be yeah, sign us up for that shit. Uh, he, oh, his user handle is Hexican. Yes.
2: <laughs> he has,
1: Very yes. clever. Oh, yes. hard. okay. So I'm looking at his cover, Hardway. It looks like the mask of a Mexican wrestler.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's really neat. Shotgun Honey presents... Is that a publisher, Shotgun Honey? Yeah,
2: Shotgun Honey. Um, I, I believe Ron Earl is the editor of that. He's the he's runs it. Okay. So it's an imprint of Down and Out Books, which yeah. published um, uh, Angel Luis Colon.
1: Okay. So
2: yeah. he's another yeah.
1: I'm familiar with him. Yeah yeah yeah. Um I and just to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier is I love reading Latinx because it's making me a better writer beyond a better person and. I mean, call me naive, but I feel like if you, and I know this isn't true, but I i feel like you should have to be a good person to be a good writer because you would have to, the way I see it is like, you have to be empathetic as a writer, otherwise how's, how's the reader going to be empathetic? Yeah. Um. So just kind of like that, that story that Hector wrote, like I so want to read that. I, um, I, I just love animals so much and they're so pure. Like I said this with Jim McLeod in episode two, even a lion or tiger or an anaconda, they're just programmed how they are. They're not going to lie to you. Unlike people, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) It's so insane how, how we're so awful towards even trees. They're living and breathing. Mm. So that, that's my whole tangent. Uh, Just be, (laughs) just be nicer to the environment and animals. Brennan, can you, uh, Brennan, can you anchor us to a, uh, you know, something that's not going on. Uh,
0: something that ha- doesn't have to do with animal cruelty? Yes. <laughs> Literally any subject. That, okay. Now, actually, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about uh the book you are co-editing with Sina. Now, that's coming out through Burial Day, right? Yeah. What was the genesis of that? What, what made you guys just put your heads together and say, fuck it, let's do this?
2: Well, it was originally, <laughs> so... Huh. Well, I actually came up with the concept because I was like, okay, we have all these anthologies out. Uh, You rarely ever see any Latinx writers included. Ever. You don't see uh, Latina, Latinx um, main characters. You just, it's non-existent. Um, So I wanted to do a an anthology of just Latinx stories. So I pitched uh, Bronzeville Books. Actually, originally with the idea, they accepted it, Uh-oh. and then a lot of <laughs> stuff kind of happened with Bronzeville Books. You yes. guys remember? I'm not going to rehash everything, <laughs> uh, but they kindly we 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 parted ways. You know, it was amicable. It was you know I won't. It was held very professionally, and Good. I didn't I didn't want to bring any of it in social media. I didn't want to bring any of the authors. I wanted it to be totally clean. To preserve uh, the purity of of the concept and the stories, so I was kind of like, well, guys, uh, you know, let's. I'm gonna try to pitch this. Let's do this. And I I I just reached out to Cena, and she's like, let's do it.
1: She's someone that I'm starting to really love, and I haven't talked yeah. to her a whole lot, but um, uh, fuck it, I'll just say it. Like we talked to her, talked to Gabino. I know that you talk your friends with Gabino, too. We're g- barring any issues and don't kick my ass, Brendan, but we're going to have him on in November. Um, and well. we can't <laughs> fucking wait. Like we hopefully that's not are- news to Gabino. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I text Gabino and he's. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? Might bite me in the ass where he's like, "What the fuck are you thinking, Pat?"
0: <laughs> no, but also that means he listens. That means he listens to the show. That's great.
1: Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Okay, good good point. Hey, Gabino. No, um, in all seriousness, though, I I love uh, listening to her too, and I think it's so cool how her and Gabino just like blew everyone away at Scares That Cares, and Brian had he, he just kind of like. Talked about how much he loved the screenshot of his reaction to uh, Cena's reading and Gabino's reading. That's awesome. Like you got one of the biggest names in horror. That's just he's open-minded, which should say something to everyone that might not mm-hmm.
2: be. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, uh, I've been there. Um, Gabino's doing the foreword for Latinx Scream, so.
1: Oh shit. Please. He is. Um, I don't not see. I see his name everywhere. Like review wise author wise he's always pushing coyote songs which i can't wait to brennan was kind enough to send me a copy um otherwise uh i would have bought one uh before we had him on but have you read that book yet
2: yes it's excellent
1: okay that's all i need to know um brennan sir i seem to be very really
2: really resonated with me so yeah it was really good
1: I that's pretty it. much the uh,
0: that that's what almost everybody I've I've talked to who read that says so we are going to make it a point uh, see now I'm throwing you on the spot man we are going to make it a point to uh, read that book before Gabino comes on in November which he yeah. definitely you is you need to
1: read
2: Zero Saints is also excellent
0: I have that on my shelf as well yeah that's great. I'm going
1: to try that real really, hard to get oh, through both of them that's
2: really cool <laughs> I loved it I loved it I want to <laughs> yeah. see
1: I want to see more from him, and I did see the cover for Thunderstorm books of, um, I think it was Zero Saints.
2: Coyote. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, was it Coyote songs? Am I mixing up? Both of them, actually.
2: Yeah, both Coyote
1: songs. I saw that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brennan, um, didn't you have a question about another upcoming song, uh, song, upcoming book by, by V that I can't remember is entirely possible. Actually, I was um hoping
0: you'd tell us a little bit more about Mestiza Blood.
2: Yeah, Mestiza Blood is my short story collection. <clears throat> and uh it is a mix of um my life experience growing up Chicana in South Texas, folklore, urban legend, um a bit of everything. And um that will come out in 2022 with Flame Tree Press. So it's just, uh, and I think we talked about this last time, or I mentioned it. I can't remember. Anyway, so there is a um, <clears throat> a story in there called the Final Porn Star.
0: Yes, we did and talk I, about that. Yeah.
2: That's that story is in there, and it's 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 in between a short story and a novella. It's like maybe sixteen thousand words or something,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's like my slasher slash final girl. Twist.
1: nice what's it like working when don daria
2: he's great
1: he's a legend
2: he's great i mean he is it's funny because he um he read it and he was like this is going to be a killer collection and it just made me shake because i was like oh my god but i can't wait and he's editing i should be get, getting the edit edit soon for uh the queen of the cicadas oh and i actually you know it was funny the way life happens. And this is a lesson for all those writers out there. So I uh, pitched uh, the queen of the cicadas, you know, a hundred times, sent it out to so many um, agents. Mm. I got really, really close in March with, and um, I was devastated when it didn't happen. Mm. And I was just doubting myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like, do I just shelve it? Um, and an off chance, I was like, you know, I'm going to send it to Flametree Press. Didn't expect anything. And not even like a few days later, Don emails me and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, I, it made me feel it made me feel good. You know, I, had, I really had lost so much hope. And that story is so important to me. And the fact that, you know, someone saw it like i mean sorry i'm getting really emotional
1: no, no no no
2: that's um i think being a latina that's what you want you want to be seen and you want your your voice to be heard and when it is it's almost like all of the doubt you go through the tears um you know looking at other people you know especially white authors and being happy for them but also saying like I have this inside of me, I have this story, I've had these experiences, and I want to share them. And I know other people have had these experiences, and they just haven't had the opportunities to articulate them. And then to have that opportunity, it, it is so uh, fulfilling, I, I can't even so, you know, I would say to anyone out there that has an important story. If you're from a marginalized community, please do not give up hope. Do not, let the world beat you down just go for it because you don't know what's around the corner you just don't know
1: that's true and and not just not just someone don in my eyes don daria is like the biggest it's like him and ellen datlow for me are like two of the biggest names in in this industry and he he's in love with your story i don't want sorry i'm putting words in his mouth That's <laughs> gonna be a killer <laughs> i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth especially his but uh he had nothing but really nice things to say that i'm just like i'm so happy for you
2: thank and, you I meant a lot
1: and at, on a selfish level i can't wait to read it because uh
2: thank you. i can't yeah. wait to have it out in the world
1: and I, I, sorry brennan go ahead buddy
0: I was going to say, I think the best part of that is, uh, first of all, I didn't realize you had two books coming out through Flametree. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, But the best part of it is, you know, that is a story that is, you know, firmly tied to your roots and who you are. And not only is it coming out now, but it's coming out through a publisher that's tied to a big five. Like, that's going to... That's going to get a lot of distribution, and you're going to see a lot of other marginalized voices who see this story get out there and say, I can do that, too. Um, That's that so important. Is huge. Yes, exactly. That's. I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. Thank
2: you. Thank just, you. I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> just
1: push those books because, like, I'll just say right now, we want you on the show back for a third and a fourth and however yeah, many absolutely. more times.
2: Absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm always into you know, talking to people and boosting and like I said, you know, if I can if I can help one person just to not give up and keep going. Um so, you know, yesterday on Twitter, uh, I don't know if you guys followed the news with this woman, Jessica Krug, who is pretending to be yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah. I went on and I retweeted the diversity grant for the HWA and she and part of the, the application was like uh you need recommendations. And she's like, I I don't have recommendations. I don't know what to do. I said, look, I'm looking through these applications, submit anyway. You know what? Just, you got to try. I mean, we take everything into account. And Hector actually made that point a few weeks ago. And I said, Hector, thank you for saying this. And I will absolutely consider this. And, um, you know, so it's important, you know, if I can signal boost these things and thank you for the opportunity to Mm to reach other people and, and, and plant that seed. Like, yeah, you can do it.
1: That's amazing. Uh, I really hope that someone that's looking for a right answer happens to hear this episode. There's been a lot of cases where we've had this episode has been fun, but it's been on the more serious level, which I appreciate because it helps me to become a, again, a better person. Um, like when we talked with Philip Fricasse, the guy that put together horror writers for Black Lives Matter, he had a lot of important things to say. Jessica Guest had a lot of important things to say. It's these episodes that I love doing and don't expect. Um, mm. I don't really know what else to add besides I appreciate your – and I'm not saying goodbye right now, but I just appreciate your time.
2: Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate always, like I said, you know, talking about horror and um, telling people not to give up.
1: horror is the funnest it's just uh, it is you know what i actually have a question that could have related to the very first question but going back to what got you into horror i'm thinking for myself when i was growing up um brennan can probably relate because we grew up in towns that are real close to each other and there's this and i've talked about this on episodes but there's this one thing called the bridgewater triangle i'm from a place called bridgewater but it incorporates a lot of it's like 200 miles um 200 square miles and it's just a lot of reported things that are strange um and i didn't experience much but there was a lot of we were near Salem too. So you hear a lot of witch stories and stuff and, um, they always creeped me out, but I always wanted more. And I was always terrified. Were were you like that as a little girl? Like, uh, were were you just like, Oh God, that's so scary. Or were you super into it?
2: Oh no, I was super into it. So one of my birthdays, um, so in South Texas, and you're going to get this from me, Mestiza blood. And I actually, um, talk about it in the book. Uh, Sorry to turn on the light. Um, There's a place called Donkey Lady Bridge. And uh, I write about that. And basically, it's supposedly this woman who looks like a donkey because her her hands and her feet are fused together like hooves.
1: Oh, my God.
2: And there's a it's actually real. And then for one of my birthdays, we went there. We went to the missions in San Antonio, which are supposed to be really, really haunted actually talk about them in Hairspray and Switchblades and other stories.
1: How old were you? Nine, ten, (laughs)
2: eleven. And then we went to the train tracks
1: Mm
2: -hmm. where um, uh, if you put your car on the tracks, put baby powder on the back window, put your car neutral, uh, your car will roll over. And if you look, there should be handprints children's handprints on the back of your car because where they pushed your your car out of the way that's creepy a school bus was hit by a train
0: v did you read about that one in one of your books because that sounds very familiar
2: no 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 don't did i talk about that it's in um i talk about it in in the the final porn star Mm.
1: and then
2: I talk of donkey lady bridge uh, was part of it was um, on uh, October pod and um, then the missions, they are mentioned in uh hairspray and switchblades. And then in Mestiza blood, another story I take from a real place in San Antonio um, is where the, the lady danced with the devil. Mm. And so yeah, I was like ten or eleven, and all those things were like, "Yes, let me go see. I want to see it. Where are they? <laughs> Conjure those demons."
1: That would be. I'm excited. Okay, well, I before we move on to anything else, I meant to ask either one of you, are you guys fans of Guillermo del Toro? I always fuck his name up. No, you came close yeah. though today. <laughs> I am
2: a fan of Guillermo del Toro. I so, absolutely. I, I'm not a. I I I'm not a native Spanish speaker, so my. My tongue is a bit blah, 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 blah.
0: Like See, I was going to say, tongue. even if we get it right, it doesn't have that same flair on it. Could you say that again?
2: <laughs> Guillermo del Toro.
1: That's I beautiful. Yeah. yeah I can't do it. So there was no,
2: one. I, I am. I liked um, his last film.
1: Uh, Antler? Antlers?
2: No, 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 no. Um, with the Hellboy character. Oh help. <laughs> you know the um what was it? Uh,
1: the uh, shape of water.
2: Yeah, the shape of water.
1: Yeah. I liked the uh, Pan's Labyrinth. That was so weird. That I... was
2: wicked. I loved that.
1: And the scene had... There's a scene where uh you someone You know
2: the creature with the eyes?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a scene where that guy gets his nose bashing with a gun and it's just... Ooh. Um I loved it. He also, um, I have it somewhere
0: behind me, I won't try and dig it out, but he co-wrote a novelization of that with, um, probably going to butcher the name, but I think it's Cornelia Funke, I think she's a, um, a YA author, and it's very fairy ized it's also illustrated, and it's a beautiful hardcover edition, oh, wow. um, and I, I, I think...
2: I liked The Strain.
0: Yeah, that one I do have... Literally right next to me. Um,
2: yeah, I liked The Strain.
0: Yeah. Because
2: I'm a yeah. vampire fan, so.
0: Yeah, those those were down and dirty vampires. Those were cool vampires. And that
1: I never saw the show, but
2: oh, I liked. I watched, the books. It. I watched it. Yeah, I liked it.
1: He, I just saw that he's coming out with a stop motion Pinocchio where it's a musical dark fantasy film he's directing. Comes out uh, next year.
2: <laughs> uh, if it's musical, I don't like musical theater stuff.
1: I just, I'm curious what he's going to do with it. Yeah, i it curious, too.
2: but I mean, I like music in a film mm-hmm. or in books, but I don't like when you like stop and have to sing that you're like going to the barbershop or you got to get milk and it's like, you have to hit the high note to tell us that. I just, I'm not into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> uh, Brendan, you want to go to what are you reading right now?
0: I don't know if we covered it already, but usually we, uh, when we, we wrap up, we uh, are curious about what you're working through right now, what books you're in the middle of.
2: Uh, well, like I said before, I've just read, been reading stories for Fry Girl Summer and then just focusing on the writing, because uh, my kids have just gone back to school. Right, right, so right. I've had to choose between reading and writing, and, and I've had edits, so I'm so behind.
1: That makes it. sense.
2: I'm just yeah. reading these short stories.
1: <laughs> Will you, Brennan? Anything you want to recommend? Uh, I was going to say that was kind of an
0: unfair question and we're just asking it out of habit since we talked about no, that. No, don't worry, don't worry. 20
1: minutes earlier. It's,
2: true. it's the truth, though. I'm like, I'm a bad, bad person.
1: No like, way, because you're going <laughs> to deliver some good books out of it. <laughs> we also <laughs> do
0: it so that I can uh, keep Pat Patrick reading, because if, if every time we do an episode, he has to uh, come up with a different book to talk about, then it, <laughs> it makes him have to actually
1: put in the work. <laughs>
2: yes we'll get hard way by hector acosta
1: i wrote down yeah absolutely and Hell
2: chose me by angel luis Colon.
1: okay that,
0: i have yeah i have not gotten to it yet like all those shelves that are behind me are filled with books that i definitely am going to get to someday um yeah
2: i know it's always just like
1: soon as sales. life comes down i'll be all over it there well, is one well, there's one that I'm dying to read, but I don't know what I'm going to be able to get to yet. It's S.A. Cosby's Blacktop Wasteland. Yes!
2: That was everybody amazing. is going nuts.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so I happy him. thing. Yep, he, he, he just seems like a super nice guy, too. Nice. Um, Brendan, you got any final questions, sir? No, I don't think so. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about?
2: No, just, um, you know, just I just want to thank everybody who has ever picked up my books, who've left a review, who's, uh, you know, you guys, everyone else who's invited me on shows, um, you know, Fright Girl Summer. Check it out. I just yeah, just want to thank everybody for their support and. That means more than, you know, so and and if I can ever do anything to help anyone, you know, I'm pretty accessible and I'm, I'm a nice person. Um,
1: I could. Yep.
2: Yeah. So I just want to thank everybody.
1: Where can people follow you?
2: Yeah. Um, at @vlatinalondon Latina London on Twitter and Instagram. And then um, V Vcastro dot com and then Fright dot com. So, yeah. I'm may,
1: around. May your husband's football team play long and hard so you can write more.
2: <laughs> well, I I can't write in the evenings just with the kids. I'm just exhausted by the end of the day.
1: Gotcha. I only got one and it's like a lot of work. And I know you guys got a few. I got IL. three. uh God bless you, v, As always, <laughs> we always appreciate your time. I've loved you. everything you've said it's it's benefited me selfishly but <laughs> I think it will help a lot of other people that happen to listen yeah to this. I
2: hope so I hope so so, so
1: um, until next time again just extending this for any time we want you on any chance you want we got you
2: thank you so much guys stay safe and uh, you know yeah stay safe over there you yeah. know.
1: Thank you, everybody. Doing our it. best.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, take care and wear a mask.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening. Check out Freight Girl Summer and V uh, on Twitter. We are in your mind. We are all around. You are now meeting Deadhead Space. I will
0: shut up and uh, do the intro. We've established this. You can't shut up and do the intro.
1: That's true. I don't know if this was Eddie's thought process, but basically it's just uh, supposed to resemble the film that you got with 80s horror VHSs.
2: Yeah.
1: Was yeah. that his goal?
2: Yeah, that's why it's called Rewind or Die.
1: Oh, oh, duh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, there's your outtake, man. <laughs> Cut this shit and put it at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, at least I didn't miss the entire, you know, title of "Rewind or Die. That's,
1: you know,
2: That's I'm
0: about th- right.
1: <laughs> Your co-host is a fucking idiot, Brennan. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay, man. I love you.